and welcome to the Copper Boom Podcast. I am Kayla Stieber, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Hello. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Excited to get started here. And first, we just want to share a little bit about what the podcast is going to look like, and then a little bit about us, and then we'll jump right into the pilot episode of Gilmore Girls. So first, just a little bit about ourselves and our history with the show. Thomas, can you just kind of share how you got into Gilmore Girls, if you like it or dislike it, what your feelings are, and anything that you feel like is good for us to know? So when I first started watching Gilmore Girls, I didn't really like it at first. Um, It was definitely a second try watching an episode that got me into it um and I like I started watching it when like they would do reruns Mm -hmm. on ABC Family at the time before they moved to Freeform and just like when I noticed that Lauren Graham was in it I'm like oh I like I like her like the pacifier um at the time and like, okay, I'm going to stick with it. And then seeing Melissa McCarthy and, like, finding her, like, just funny. Just, like, those two just brought me into it. Um, but, yeah, I've been watching for, what, 10 years? I think I started in high school, like, senior year of high school, right before college. And after... ever spent. So it sounds like after kind of getting through it, you did realize, oh, it has more than just two great actresses. It's also an amazing show. Yes. Yes. I like fell in love with everything about it, the character dynamics, the actors and actresses in it. Um, It just felt like homey to me. Mm -hmm. Like I was a part of Stars Hollow and like, I'm hoping that you also feel the same way, especially with the show, just, like, how inviting it is. Definitely. It has very much been my security blanket once I fell in love with it. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I put on Gilmore Girls. If I, my mind is just racing too much at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, I just need to escape. I want to escape to Stars Hollow because who doesn't want to live in Stars Hollow or just be with all of these amazing people. Um, And I also started watching it on reruns on ABC Family, so kind of similar start to you. And I started in the second half of the season, and I, I did really like it right away. I was watching it with my college roommate, and her and I both became kind of obsessed right away with it, where we would watch the reruns every week. And after... It got to the end of the series. I did end up going and buying a box set and then actually watching the full seven seasons all in a row instead of just those last ones and have been watching it ever since, have easily seen it at least 30 plus times, um, sometimes watching more closely than others. And what I found the beautiful thing about Gilmore Girls is there's so much packed into every episode that even though I've seen it so many times, I still pick up on new things that I never really noticed before. Or there's sometimes where like a reference went right over my head. And then now it's like, oh, I've watched Star Trek. I know what they're talking about or whatever random thing it is where 
there's always new things that you can pick up or relate to that maybe you didn't previously. Yeah, like, I know when I rewatch it, there's always, like, that one thing I, like, see. Like, oh, I didn't see that last time. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, especially, like, with the reruns, even just, like, watching and listening to the opening theme. Yep. It's just nostalgic. It is. And it just puts you into that happy place. Yes. Like, I could escape for a day or a weekend just be like nothing else can hurt me mm-hmm. and do you have any like go-to or favorite episodes could you pick a top two or three episodes oh i would say the Bracebridge dinner is one of my absolute favorites mine too of course um just like the style that they had it where you see the conflict and then um, the town just being like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Like, let's do it (laughs) this way. And just like, just the dinner itself, like seeing Jackson in his character. um, It's just hilarious. It was one of my favorite episodes, like because of him and just made me love him more. Yep. And it's like, it's a bottle episode of the whole town where you get all of the townies and they're all together so you get to see all those different personalities all in the same storyline we're not bouncing around you just get to see all the wonderful fun and flavor all dealing with the same things where it's like it's not an episode that really presents anything new or resolves anything but it's just fun and happy and wonderful the whole time yes and then I'm blanking on the name of the episode, but it's the dinner um, where you kind of see it from each perspective. The I believe it's called Friday Night's All Right for Fights or something along those lines. That one. I uh, so. Yep. That, yes, that one is one of my absolute favorites. Mine too. And I know, I know we've talked about that before. Like that episode is just incredible. I, that's definitely one of my favorites. That's actually one that if I, I'll typically just turn on wherever I'm on in the series, but that's one sometimes if I am having one of those days where I'm just like, just frustrated and upset about something, that'll be one that I sometimes do go and seek out to watch that specific episode, just because you get to see so many different arguments unfold and you do get some like resolution and you get to see just the funny fighting in it and it is just like bopping all over the place with the camera and the different characters and i i agree one of the best episodes of the show i absolutely love it and the reason why i really love it is because of the camera sequences and Mm -hmm. how they interchange it it's just phenomenal um I would say the other, like, my top third episode would be the dance episode. Yes, the marathon. Um, Like, the, yes, like, the 1950s, if I'm not mistaken, era. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever specify, but that's what they're all dressed like. Yeah. It's like that, and they look amazing. I, like, the fashion in that one is just amazing. 
Yeah, there's episodes like that is definitely, I think we have the same top three. And there's a few others that, there's a, quite a few that when I watch them, it's like, okay, this is one of the best episodes of the show, but they don't always come right to mind. But like speaking of kind of like how they dress and how they look in the episode of the dance marathon, there's also, you know, an episode in, I believe season six, like when Rory puts together that function for the, yes, for I was the just troops. Yes, I that one. And, like, that one, too, like, they all just look amazing. Like, I love when they really let their costume designers kind of go all out on something where mm-hmm. they get to do, like, different period attire or things like that. Or the episode with the um, the living art, the Festival of Living Art. And yes. <laughs> you just get to see the most amazing things. And it's beautiful. Yes, I absolutely agree. It is literally art. Like, actually, now thinking of that one, that one is my second favorite. Yeah, it's so hard. There's there's some that, like, I watch and I'm like, okay, how do I forget about this when I think of my top favorites? They're amazing. And I think a big part is because there's so much that happens in an episode where I could probably come up with, like, my top five favorite scenes, and they might all be from different episodes that aren't even in mm-hmm. my top three favorite episodes. And I don't know. There, It's just the whole show is great. Like... I I have bones to pick here and there, and I don't think it's flawless, but every episode makes me happy and makes me laugh and is enjoyable to watch. Yes, I definitely agree. There are some episodes where, or even scenes where I'm just like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> they should not have done that, or there was a better way to do that. Just like, there are some, but overall, the show is fantastic. Yes, and something that we will kind of bring to light as we're going through things is there are some very different controversial thoughts about different episodes, different characters, different storylines, and I, I'm i very much a diehard Gilmore fan, and I know that some of my thoughts and opinions are not the the norm in the, the Gilmore Girls community, and... I know that there might be some that feel very strongly against me and I'm okay with that. Um, Just bringing it up right from the get-go because I know that's something that we're going to end up coming across. And I even just in watching the first couple episodes found some things where when I'm like really watching closely, I'm kind of discovering how I truly feel about some of the characters and some of the things in a more more specific way rather than just the overall feelings towards different characters Mm -hmm. and events. And I know we, (laughs) and if you are good with it, I am ready for us to jump right into the pilot episode. Did you have anything else that you want to kind of touch on before we just dive right in? No, I think we should just dive in. Perfect. So, We are first today, we're going to be talking about the pilot episode, and at the beginning of each episode, we just want to go through first kind of the episode overview, and as I mentioned, I do have the complete box set of Gilmore Girls, so we will read the episode description that is in the pamphlet with the DVDs, and the first episode, which like most TV shows, the First episode is titled Pilot, and this episode was written by Amy Sherman Palladino and directed by Leslie Linka-Gladder, 
And it was original air date was October 5th of 2000. And they describe this episode as Rory is accepted into the elite Chilton prep school. Bad news for Lorelai. She must make amends with her parents to borrow the money for Rory's tuition. The money is available with strings attached. So this first episode, obviously, we start getting to meet lots of different characters. We get thrown right into the crux of the whole series, get to see so many things unfold. And it starts with the cold open where we hear the song, There She Goes. And then we see Lorelai go to Luke's diner. Rory meets her and then Luke, you know, rags on them for the coffee. And both are hit on by the same guy. Um, so what, I don't know, how do you feel about this cold open? What What are your kind of thoughts when really watching it intentionally? I love the cold open, um, especially with the There She Goes song, very mm-hmm. 2000s. Um, when we get into Luke's, because I'm like, it's always the pilot. There's always going to be some differences when, like, from the rest of the show. So going into Luke's right. and seeing how it was first set up was just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like his setup where they have it. Um, but definitely with. Lorelai getting hit on by the guy. It was just like, ew. <laughs> like, people do this. Like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like kind of cringy when he just kept doing it. He was a bit pushy. He was. I did not like him. I'm like, uh, you best back off. Mm-mm. And I feel like Lorelai was very pleasant with him. And. Mm-hmm. I don't know that most women would have been quite so pleasant. Like he wasn't, he wasn't charming, even though he was trying so hard to be. But it's that false charming that is just disgusting. Yeah, just the cringe. Like if you're gonna be sleazy, be sleazy. Don't act like you're this knight in shining armor when you're really mm-hmm. not. Well, and when he has on Rory, my thought is like they do a good job of making her look like she looks even younger than she is supposed to be because she's supposed to be 15 in the pilot questionably 16 she's almost 16 and mm-hmm. she looks like she's you know 14 15 i don't know how in his right mind he could have felt it was okay to hit on her like there's no way that he thought that she looked like she was in her you know mid-20s or something that would no. be an appropriate age for him to be hitting on her no like he is just a sleeve like and he's there with his friend I'm kind of surprised they didn't have one of them being the wingman to the other one the friend's just sitting there like okay you go do your thing whatever I think like his friend kind of knew being like well he's gonna do this and he's gonna strike out anyway yeah I don't want to be a part of this And then I know you said that you don't like the setup of Luke's. Is it like the hardware items or like how much it is still yeah. Williams hardware or what is it that you don't like about it? It's that. It is like it's still a hardware store, like which I understand like it was his father's hardware store, but it's like if you're going to convert it, you need to have more of like it converted. Right. And they don't really, they don't really give us an idea. And it's never explicitly said that I can think of, of how long ago it was his dad died. Do you recall mm-hmm. if they ever like, I don't think they ever give us like a good timeline on that, do they? I don't think so. 
Because I wonder if they going through. Yeah, I want to kind of um, watch for that. Because I wonder if they're trying to give the idea that it was like a newer development. Like if it was in the past two years, then that's a lot more acceptable to still be moving that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know as we go through, I know there's times where there's assumptions made that it's been a long time, but I don't think it's ever explicitly said. And I think that there is something that could be argued to it being a newer development. Yeah. And I know, so with that, I know one thing that I think is interesting, you know, we get that first interaction between Lorelai and Luke, you know, where she, she's walking to the song and you get to see like, okay, this is the star of the show before she even says anything. It's like, when they, when it's singing, there she goes, it feels like it's talking about Lorelai and she just all happily and eagerly walks up to Luke, you know, and please, Luke, please, please, please. And kind of sets that tone right away of like this super beautiful, confident, like she walks like a confident person. Like you see that right away, has a coffee addiction, has this good relationship mm-hmm. with the diner owner, whatever that might be. And she almost is painted as like the center of the universe right from the beginning. Like, and not even just from her perspective, but I feel like that's the way that the show kind of places it as like, this is the girl to watch. Like this is yeah who we have our eyes on. And I like that. Yeah, because, like, they could have definitely had somebody else walking, and then she's already in there. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have easily have done that, and then kind of, like, a fake out of, ooh, you think this person's going to be the main person. Right. But just kidding. Um, I do love how they, like, just right off the bat, was like, this is her. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, with what you said, with her having that coffee addiction, and because I am right there. I am obsessed with coffee and just her going up to him being like, I, w- I would like my coffee, please. Like, yep. And that he knows it. Like, yeah, you know, because he asked how many cups have you had? He knows. So it's clearly a well-known thing that she is a coffee addict and that he, you know, gives her a little bit of grief about it, but in the end will always provide her with her coffee that she needs. And also something that's crazy is like, this show is so focused on dialogue and you know that's what it's known for is the fast talking the the pages and pages of dialogue that they go through Mm -hmm. it's actually a decent amount of time that you're just listening to the song and there isn't any dialogue in that cold open true and then setting the pace too mm -hmm. like right and i feel like it's it's kind of giving people it's like almost giving us as the audience like a moment to like prepare to dive into this world that'll be nonstop. You know, it's like just this calming, like, oh, look at this beautiful, quiet town, listen to the music. And then once it's like, okay, you know, getting into the setting. And then like once she starts talking, it starts to get that dialogue aspect that we know and love about the show. But it's like, it does take a few minutes for that to start. It almost surprises me they didn't just start with, Lorelai and Rory having this like back and forth witty conversation as the open. I like that they chose this route, but it almost surprises mm-hmm. me that they didn't go for kind of that more obvious choice for the show. True, but I think with how much like they do talk, it does kind of set into some like this is the amount of time 
that they didn't. So you could feel how much time went by. Right. And then when they do start talking, like with how much dialogue there is, you get like a good chunk. And it's like, you get that contrast. Yeah. And then the other thing that I really noticed with this cold open is this was a WB show and the WB shows, they might have had, you know, parents that had storylines and stuff, but it was the primary focus of any of those other shows was typically a teenager or the kids. And Mm -hmm. that's not the case. Like they set Lorelai as like the primary character, you know? So it's like, okay, nope, you've got this woman in her early thirties that is the primary focus of the show. And I mean, you could definitely say that it's more Lorelai and Rory equally focused or, you know, even Emily really in there too, but it starts very much focused on Lorelai and you even see her interactions with Luke and this random guy and her getting settled in before Rory gets introduced. And typically it would be Mm -hmm. the teens getting settled and then you'd get introduced to the parents or the older characters. Yes. Which I actually like that they focused on Lorelai mainly in the first part. And then brought Rory. Me too. And that might be because Lorelai is my my favorite between the two, hands down. Yes, I I do like Rory. Like and I know I've said it before, like she was one of my favorite characters. But even just like rethinking, it's like Rory's not that good sometimes. Like, yeah, we'll get into I that a lot. I don't want to just like be like, what are you doing? Yep. Whereas Which I mean, Lorelai, you don't have that as many of like, what are you doing? Like you're actually wanting to like support, support her. Be like, I'm right there with you. You definitely get those moments with Lorelai. And I know that a lot of people from the outside will say that like, oh, this show, the daughter is more the parent. I typically don't see that. I feel like Lorelai overall has her life together and is in control. There's definitely moments where that's not the case just like with Mm -hmm. anybody, but I feel like she very much is the more mature adult one in their relationship, which I mean, then Rory, you know, she's still figuring so much out. Like she has her moments of being a very mature, you know, teenager and young adult, but she is very much still figuring things out. And I feel like we see that. Mm -hmm. Especially in this episode, Mm -hmm. like later on, which we can kind of move forward. So, you know, we've got, after the cold open, obviously we get to listen to the theme song from the beginning and love the theme song. I love that they don't change it at any point in the series and that it also is that mother daughter aspect. I don't know if you knew that, but mm-hmm. Carol King, she actually record re-recorded the song for the show with her daughter. So that way it kind of had that mother daughter aspect, even in the theme song. And I loved that they did that. Yeah. And I love Carol King. She's wonderful. She's so talented. She is. Um, and we get to see her later in the series. No spoilers, but she does She does appear, which is great. Which I love. Like, I didn't know that at first when I, like, first actually sat down and watched the series. And then you brought it up to me. I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. I really like that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And then we do get into, you know, kind of get into the meat of the show then. So... After the cold or after the theme song, they bring us to the Independence Inn. We get to see the inn. We meet Michelle and Drella. 
And I know I've mentioned it and I feel bad saying it, but I'm really glad they don't keep Drella as the character. Like I really like Alex Borstein, the woman who plays Drella. I think she's phenomenal, but that character annoys me. And I don't think I would have liked the different end scenes if she was there throughout the whole series. Yeah, no, I agree with that. When I first like watched it, I'm like, ooh, I really like this character. And she's funny. Like she has her moments. Mm-hmm. She's funny and knowing like what she is worth and she's very witty um but her attitude towards people definitely needs to like change when i think sorry keep going um just like the fact that like she's gone snippy and it's like you're talented but you still need to be professional Right, and I feel like, because at the end, we don't meet Suki right away here, but obviously she becomes one of the main characters of the show. I feel like you have Suki and Michelle. Like, you have the funny, physical comedy, you know, adorableness with Suki, and you have that, like, rude, but (laughs) where we learn where we feel it's that professional, acceptable rude in Michelle, Mm -hmm. and you get that, like, little bit of banter between those two characters and kind of get to see some of that wit there too and I feel like Drella is the mix between Suki and Michelle and then it just ends up being too much whereas like we already have these two characters that kind of balance those things out and then Drella is kind of the the if you take those two characters and just mesh them together Mm -hmm. you get Drella and I feel like then it just makes it a little bit too much because you need a little bit of breathing more than just Lorelai at the end. Yeah, and I think, like, with that mashup with Drella, it's kind of, like, the negative connotations to it as well. Like, she has the goods of both of them, but she also has, like, both of the negatives. Right. When it comes to that, and I feel like if she wasn't as, like, abrasive sometimes, she would have been a much better character, and I could have seen, like, her continuing for a few more episodes. I agree. I agree. And then after we leave the inn and we go to Rory's school. So she is at, you know, the public school of Star, like Stars Hollow High. And she meets up with Lane. So we get to meet Lane. And, you know, mm-hmm. they talk about the hayride. And we also see Rory go to class. And the biggest thing to me that stands out with this is one, it's like, oh, yeah, we get to meet Lane. Um, we don't get a lot about her in this. We more get that, oh, she keeps things from her parents. Her parents are really strict. But mm-hmm. to me, it's just so weird and I can't get past it that Rory isn't going to the hayride with Lane. Like, as the series go- goes on, it's like she's involved with every single town event and is expected at all Stars Hollow things. So, to me, the idea that she's not going and kind of box at it, Mm -hmm. it just, it seems so strange to me. And I'm sure they just hadn't, you know, established how involved with the town that Rory and Lorelai would be during this pilot. But that's the biggest, I think the biggest change from pilot to moving forward, other than maybe Emily's hair, which we'll get to. But otherwise, I feel like that's the the biggest thing where it's like Rory goes from mocking the hayride to being someone that would have been involved in that for the rest of the series yes like i wish that they would have had that in the beginning like right in the beginning of 
this is a town event. I'm excited for it. Like, you should be excited for it. Like, hyping it up mm-hmm. instead of, like, bashing it. Being like, eh, why would I want to go on a cold hayride and have straws poking at me? Yeah. Hay poking at me. Like, that's the enjoyment that, like, you're with your town. You're with your friends. Like, you're celebrating this. Where, like, yeah, you it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how embarrassing it might be or how painful it might be. It's for our town. We're doing it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like later on, you hear and you see the embarrassing things that she has done. Yeah, and it's like I wish we would have had that like right at the beginning. Yeah, and then after they're talking about that, then Rory goes to class. And is there anything that like stood out to you that you noticed about? her teacher, or the class? Well, I'm loving that you're giving me that little segue. Um, <laughs> that the teacher is Liz's friend. Yes, Crazy Carrie. So, <laughs> yes, I always forget it's Crazy Carrie. Um, even though there's another Crazy Carrie that I love more in a different show, I need to make that like a pair of, like, yes, Crazy Carrie. <laughs> um, so she... One, like you said before, the distinct voice. Like, mm-hmm. I was mainly, when I was rewatching it for my notes, I'm like, no, that voice, like, it is very her. Yes. And I, like, when I heard it even today, I'm just like, how did I not pick that up before? It's one of those things that once you realize, it's like, oh, that is so obvious. Like, I had to have known that subconsciously and just not realized it. Yeah. when watching it before <laughs> but i love it um and then we get you know kind of see a little bit of what stars hollow high is like you know and then i think a big thing with that is you get the contrast because you're seeing you know rory is this student who you know is very focused on her work and a lot of the other students you know are just kind of doing their own thing aren't as serious about the academics and whatnot and i think mm-hmm. that is really just shown for contrast for later when we find out about Chilton, um, which then, you know, we get to go and meet Suki and, you know, we get to see her, you know, fall in the kitchen is her big, her big right. intro to the show. Um, and we just get to see a little bit of that dynamic between Suki and Lorelai and see the start of their friendship. And I just love it. Like I love their friendship and how like they're talking about opening their own in right away here in the pilot and just seeing Mm -hmm. them. They just make me smile. Yes. Especially with the way that Lorelai talks with the other workers being like, you know how she is. Like, you know how like clumsy she is and like, she doesn't mean wrong. Like all this stuff and having that dynamic of they are best friends. Like they knew when they like met each other that they were going to be best friends. And that is something that I love is even with the people I work with, it's like you and I are going to be besties. Like Mm -hmm. when I first started working with you, I'm just like, we instantly clicked. And especially like we have our own Lorelai and Suki dynamic too, which I absolutely love. Yep. And And, and I like that. I like when shows do this where it's like, okay, it's the pilot. It's our first time meeting these characters, but it's clear that they have this relationship already made. Like they are so familiar and comfortable with each other. Like 
we're not being introduced of like they're figuring out who each other are. Like they they know each other. They have been working together. They've been friends, and we're just getting to to see where they are now, rather than the idea of like building that friendship and acting like they're just learning things about each other. Like they clearly know each other and are used mm-hmm. to this this dynamic and their different quirks and everything. Yeah, which I absolutely love their dynamic with it. Like mm-hmm. when. With the, um, what was it, the maple peach? What sauce Oh, the sauce? Um, yes. Oh, I don't remember. It's some kind of peach sauce. Yeah. And how, like, Lorelai was trying to be like, you need to be a little bit more careful. And Suki just being like, I don't care. I figured this out. Like, you see how driven she is as Mm -hmm. a chef. And And Lorelai is supportive of that, where she's like, I want to take a bath in this sauce. But then also is the... I will make more. (laughs) Yes. And then, but then Lorelai is like super supportive of Suki, but then also helps ground her of like, but, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're going to move forward, you need to be alive and able to make these things, you know, like Suki's more the dreamer. And then Lorelai like supports and encourages those dreams, but also kind of brings her to reality a little bit too. And my one of my favorite things with the intro to Suki is simply her pigtails, um, yes. which is a random thing. But it's like she just looks so adorable, and I feel like that even just helps set her character a little bit right from the beginning too, because they're they're the perfect hairstyle for her. And I like that they keep that consistent f- throughout the whole thing. And I know when I was first watching, it's not something I really noticed until Suki calls it out in an episode and like tells Lorelai, "Just don't do pigtails; those are my thing." And then he realized, like, "Oh yeah, she's wearing pigtails." All the time. Yeah. That and um, her... I want to say it's a scarf, but it's not a scarf. Like, um, Oh, like the bandana? A band. Yes. That, yes. Wow, that literally could not be my brain. <laughs> um, yes, the bandana is like, she is constantly wearing bandanas like every so yes. often. Like, even Which I think makes revival. sense for a kitchen. I think that is kind of like her, I'm not going to wear a hairnet, but I'll wear a bandana or a headband to keep the hair out of the food. Um, There's a lot of things that I feel like, okay, that would not happen in a commercial kitchen. Like Suki does not look like she's actually cooking anything. And there's always 50 million things made or sitting out that doesn't make sense. But I always look past those things because the food always looks great. And then there's some mm-hmm. things like having her hair pulled back. Cause I feel like a lot of shows they would have, they have all women with their hair down, even if they're doing something where it's like, no, no woman would leave her hair down or no person with long hair would have their hair just down while doing these things. So I appreciate that, you know, where it's like, okay, no, like we'd have a pulled back. We'd even have something to make sure that there's no hair falling in the food. And after kind of we get to meet Suki, we then get to meet Mrs. Kim and see the antique store. And like most characters, Mrs. Kim makes the perfect, perfect intro. And I don't know, do you, I feel like Mrs. Kim is someone that you either love or hate. I know where I I fall with her. I absolutely love Mrs. Kim. Um, Like when you first meet her, you don't like her. But I've always liked Mrs. Kim. 
Yeah. Like she when she talks to Rory and to Lane and even before that, just the yelling in the house of like, Oh, I'm over here. Yep. Wait, where? By the chair, what chair? Oh. Yeah. And then when Lane says like, me to the kitchen, and then Rory says, the kitchen, she's just like, wait, who's that? And then when it's Rory, she's like, oh, like you could hear yeah. kind of the disappointment. Um, and it's just, like, funny. Well, I think that Mrs. Kim is just very protective of Lane. Like, I think she's truly just trying to be the best mom possible. And mm-hmm. even though that obviously drives Lane crazy and isn't what she wants in a mom, I think Mrs. Kim is genuinely just trying to do the best she can to raise Lane the best that she can. Granted, like, mm-hmm. I mean, as a mom, I can't say that I would make the same choices as her in things, but I think that she genuinely cares about Lane so much, and that is, like, her reason for everything she does, as crazy as they might seem. And she is also <laughs> the most, like, underrated funny that I think this show has. Like, even just her... None of the girls get pregnant, drop out. And then yeah. to like Rory makes a joke of like, oh, like whoever, you know, is glowing a little bit. Mrs. Kim, boys don't like funny girls. Which, and then I also every time I watch it, I laugh. Like... <laughs> Me too. Me too. And then I realized later Rory says something to Lane about like calling Lane funny. And Lane's like, thank you. And like she's like so happy that someone acknowledge her for being funny and i'm like oh it's interesting where it's like it doesn't get called out but i feel like it adds in a little bit more of showing that lane kind of fights against mrs kim and like her rules and even just her views on things of even the simple thing of like boys don't like funny girls lane wants to be funny mm-hmm. so i thought that was interesting i'm like she is funny at times like yes but i wish we would have seen more of lane being funny like later well, on. Especially because Keiko Agena is hilarious. Like she's a stand-up comedian where I feel like they did a little bit underutilize her ability, like her humor and her ability to just be funny. Which I know there's already so many amazing characters. I mean, like Melissa McCarthy is hilarious. Lauren Graham yeah. is hilarious. Like just they have such an amazing cast that I guess they had to have some people kind of be toned down and not be able to utilize them as much otherwise it might have been too much but they definitely kind of missed an opportunity I feel like with with Lane yeah like I wish they would have given her more opportunities to be funny like she has her physicality funny at times Mm -hmm. but I wish they would have like utilized that a little bit more and even just jokes like Lane is funny like she has the funny moments and i wish they would have given her like more chances right have that one and i feel like one of the big things is that she does make jokes and is funny but it never gets acknowledged like with lorelei and rory like you'll notice a lot like they laugh at their own jokes or at each other's jokes like it's Mm -hmm. not just (laughs) as an audience you're laughing but like they find themselves amusing and don't hide it and i feel like lane which makes sense because she's not as confident of a person. She doesn't really laugh at her own jokes and doesn't always have other people laughing at her because, I mean, we'll get into this in future episodes, but Rory's not always the most attentive friend. So a lot of times like Lane will be really funny and Rory's just not really paying attention, you know, where she doesn't get that 
that recognition or acknowledgement when she does do or say something funny, like some Mm -hmm. of the other characters do just because she is, she's more, she's lacking in confidence. So she doesn't really find herself as amusing or questions herself more. And a lot of the people around her are not as attentive as they should be to her. So I think we just don't get it shown as much, but I definitely think she still has those moments. But someone who does get that attention is Suki, which we go back after Kim's. We go to back to the kitchen at the end. And that's when Suki's cooking, flying all around. You know, we get to see all that amazing physical comedy. And when we find out about Chilton, um, which Suki's physical comedy, this is the first thing that Melissa McCarthy was really in. So this is before she became like the one of the top female comedians in media. And mm-hmm this was like her intro to the world. And I feel like she shows off her comedic skills so much in this episode. She does. And like, that's the thing that even in later episodes and seasons, she still has that, like the movement and whatnot. But in this episode, it's so much. And I love it. And they later on, they kind of, shorten it even more where like when she's cooking there are times where she doesn't she's not clumsy that much in later seasons which I do like but I wish they would have kept some whereas in this episode it's one thing after another like you can just see it happening while it's happening and just be like ooh what's what's gonna fall next what is she gonna hit next like who is she gonna hit next like, because when she finds out about Chilton, like, she hits, I want to say it's her sous chef, right in the head with the frying pan. On I know. And it's just like, oh, dang. I always think of the initial, like, frying pan to the head thing that, like, I notice is tangled. And it's like, oh, no, like, that was used way before. But this is probably one of the best moments because it's just kind of shrugged mm-hmm. off of, like, oops, whatever. Um And I think that a big thing they're trying to do is kind of show her growth where she does become more of a professional chef than she is in the beginning. But thankfully, they do keep some of that, you know, kind of clumsiness. But I think it turns more into ditziness, which I don't always like. And they kind of transfer that way, like, oh, we want to keep this cute, quirky thing. But instead of it being you know, her being all over the place in the kitchen, we're going to turn it where she's a little bit ditzy and sometimes a little clueless about things. And I feel like I don't always like that, how later in the seasons it kind of transfers to that. But it's still, you still get to see her cute quirkiness. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, it kind of seemed, like even just thinking about it now, it's like they kind of dumped her up a little Mm -hmm. bit. And it's like... Suki is very intelligent, like, to begin with. Right. And without them having, like, the physical comedy, they're like, oh, well, to bounce, like, kind of counteract it will make her a little bit dumb. It's like, And I think they do Suki that with both Suki and dumb. Lane. I think that both yeah. Suki and Lane, they kind of have dumbed down a little bit of, like, two counterparts Lorelai and Rory. I think it's supposed to be that Lorelai and Rory are the smarter, wittier ones in their friendships. 
Mm-hmm. And Suki and Lane are the super loyal, dependable ones in those friendships. And I think they start to have that as they're trying to, I think they're really trying to mirror those two friendships. And I think that's when they kind of adjust those characters a little bit to have Suki and Lane be a little bit less in the spotlight to keep Lorelai and Rory more in the spotlight in those friendships, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like they could have had all four of them equally in the spotlight and really shown those more, but overall it works, I guess. Um, One thing I really liked about Suki though, was after Rory comes and they, Lorelai lets her know, you know, you got into Chilton and they have all that whole thing. I love Suki's little song and dance of Rory's going to Chilton. Um, Yeah. It's so adorable. Like that right there, like that is Suki in a nutshell. It's just that like, Rory's going to Chilton. Rory's going to Chilton. Where she's just like super happy, genuinely happy for someone else. Like this doesn't affect Suki at all, but she is genuinely happy. And like just singing and dancing to herself, you know, like it's not for show at all. It's just her being happy. And then also, you know, causes a little bit of, of comedic relief in the kitchen with throwing the rag over her shoulder. Um, You know, it's like, is that that perfect? That's just classic Suki. Just like, Super happy, super bubbly, just excited. And then she just does something and then chaos. Yep. Or what would have been chaos if the other person wasn't there, just like casually picks up the cover and places it down and then walks away. Like he is used to it by this point. Yep. And I know that they don't keep the same like actors for the kitchen staff throughout the whole thing. But I feel like they show it as it's people that have been there the whole time. Like, even if they technically change who's there, like you get the feel that they have good retention. Like the people who work with Suki want to stay there and enjoy Mm -hmm. being there, you know, and like they want to help her where, you know, it could be where it's like, Oh, new people all the time. But it seems like that in really runs well um which is great and i think that says a lot about lorelei especially but also about suki and even michelle like he's not bad enough to scare people away you know he's got that mix of being like the best and worst concierge ever and we kind of see that too when they're there at the end of just his his interactions with um people over the phone and even just his interactions with lorelei where she clearly gets annoyed with him but she respects him enough to kind of allow him to be himself yeah, which I absolutely love because, like, even when you first meet Michelle, like, with him on the phone of just him being like, we're booked, like, there's nothing we can do, like, I'm sorry kind of thing. And having that customer service aspect of you keep having to repeat yourself and letting them know, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can do at this point. And then him being like, yep, I will go check and just placing the phone just on the book, continuing like looking at the mail and be like we're all booked like i'm sorry it was hilarious yeah i'm like straight face like very monotone of i have been saying this multiple times i'm not going to waste my time into actually doing this action when i already know the thing and then when he brings up like if you try for a different weekend and then like, yes, we're getting somewhere. And then it's, we're completely booked. And yep. then the person hangs up and he just like, well, just yes, hang up. okay. 
Right. And then, of course, later we get my favorite line of Michelle ever. I know we're not on favorite lines yet, but I'm still going to mention it here is when Lorelai is telling him to answer the phone. And he's just like, people are particularly stupid today. Whereas like, and you get it, where it's like, you just had to deal with someone. And he was, I mean, there's not really anything he could have done. I mean, he could have been nicer, you know, and whatnot. But definitely, that is my go to feeling and thought when I'm having one of those kinds of days where it's like, I just don't want to deal with people anymore. Then I find my inner Michelle. Yes. And like, especially with the favorite line part, because the second half of that little conversation with um, Lorelai saying there's like something with a line with the unemployment office. So he just, yep. like, I despise you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I like that we're like, job. she will kind of show her power of like, you know, I can fire you, you know, like that's kind of Mm -hmm. always in her back pocket. And he respects that, even though, you know, he makes the comment of like, oh, I despise you. But it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's kind of what that means. Yeah. And like, like what you said with it being in her back pocket of, yes, I can fire you. She doesn't really like ever bring that up. Because she trusts him and she knows that he will actually do his job. And just like that little, yes, I could fire you, but I'm never going to actually fire you. Right. Yep. And after that, we get into more about like with Chilton. So there's, you know, the tuition aspect where Lorelai finds out the tuition and tries to figure out how to come up with the money. And then kind of after all that fun stuff, the result of her going to her parents and asking for the money, which, so we're in Lorelai's house and we see more of her house and it throws you off at first because she's in this different room when she's first on the phone. And it's like an extra little dining room that you never really see until she like walks more into the main part of the house. And it's like, okay, yes, you are at your house. You know, you kind of, get brought back into where it really is because you never see that side room where she starts off on the phone. Yeah. Which I like that they later on just got rid of that aspect of the house where it's like more open. Um, But like even first rewatching it being like, Oh, this isn't their normal house. I don't like this. Right. And then it goes into like their actual house. It's like, okay, now this looks familiar. Now I like this again. (laughs) Like, yeah. And it it is a little bit weird to me that she didn't know what the tuition was, but because I mean, obviously, I think she we never get told explicitly, but you get the idea that she went to some kind of fancy private school. I mean, we later in a flashback see her in a uniform where it probably wasn't Chilton because they don't seem to know who she is, but she went to a private school. She knows that those are expensive mm-hmm. schools, you know? So it does surprise me a little bit that she didn't have some kind of backup plan unless she thought that they had some kind of, you know, tuition assistance or something available. But I love when she is talking with Suki about it and, you know, is sitting there, they're having their little wine night. And again, you just get to see that genuine friendship where it's like, yeah, I want to hang out with these these two like I want to be there with them sipping on some wine and just talking even if it is one of them being stressed about tuition and money like I just want to be there with them yeah and like support them and like come up with ideas of how to help them yep 
And, you know, then, of course, she finds that she has no options other than going to her parents. Yeah, which I do like with Suki helping with that of telling her, being like, well, what if you, and then Lorelai being like, no. Nope. Suki, like, nope, not an option. And she's like, I understand that, like, this isn't a good subject, but this is your only option at this point. Like, I love how Suki is the kind of, like, voice of reason at times with Lorelai. Yes. Of get off your high horse. You're doing this for Rory. Do it. And sometimes you need that friend like Suki to be like, this is the option and you know that. You need to just you know, grow up and do it. Yeah. And, like, I really like how they do give Suki that, like, that aspect of her is, right. I know we're not wanting to talk about this, but we're going to talk about this anyway because you need to do this. And, like, giving it's her nice that nice when you can see... Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, when you can see that little bit of assertiveness in Suki, because you don't see it all the time, but when you do, it's really refreshing. Yeah, it's like, I want her to tell me I need to do something, like, I need to go clean my kitchen. Suki, give me words of encouragement. Like, do it. (laughs) She'd probably say, just get out of the kitchen and I'll take care of it. Um, Oh, could you imagine having your kitchen be, like, Suki clean and, like, organized? Except that it's it's very well known that her organized is very different from Lorelai's organized and is probably what, which is the case with a lot of things. I know I have a lot of things like that where it's like, well, it might look messy to someone else, but to me it's exactly how I want it and where I know where everything is. And Mm -hmm. if you make it where it's that typical clean look, I'm not going to know where anything is and it's going to be, feel like a mess to me. Yeah. But like, it's still like, organized in a way like I feel like Suki and I if we organized something we would be on the same page of, yeah, I think this. that you you and Suki would make a great duo I would love to, to see you two be best that. friends oh, that'd be great um, but then so obviously then Lorelai has to go to the Gilmore Mansion and talk to her parents which so we get to see Kelly Bishop and Edward Herman and they are just pure magic, just amazing, amazing actors. And like, to me, if the show didn't have them, it would still be good, but having them makes the show just untouchable. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. If they were not in there, I would not, honestly, I wouldn't watch it. Because so much of Gilmore Girls is the grandparents and how much they put forth with them. And I don't think any other actor and actress could ever be to that level of Emily and Richard. Right. And like they play it so perfectly where it's like you need this grandfather who is very well off is has that perfect amount where you can tell like he cares about his family, but he's distant and not going to bother himself with little things. And he's going to be straightforward where like just this, I don't know, like there's some great actors out there, but I don't know that anybody could have encompassed that character quite so well where like they're very quiet, 
but as soon as they're in that room, they have such a presence. And I think so much of that is because that, I feel like he's Edward Herman, where it's like, he can just walk in the room and you feel him there, even if he doesn't say anything. And Mm -hmm. like, even just where he's just like, you need money. And like, that's all he says is he just keeps saying, so you need money. But like, he's able to just take those couple of words and make them say so much. And yeah, and I, I would think the only other person who could do that is Morgan Freeman. Like, can you imagine? Morgan Perhaps Freeman he doesn't have, but his presence is a different presence. Like, I love Morgan Freeman, but his presence is so different. Like, I could see him being the grandfather to Rory that he would need to be, but not the father to Lorelai that yeah, we need that character to be. That is, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Kelly Bishop. She's just a queen. Like, she's <laughs> amazing. I don't know. I just, I absolutely love her. And she plays Emily perfectly. Like, where's this, like, love, hate, like, respect, annoy, like, just so complex and so much. And it's amazing. Um, one thing that I did notice when I was rewatching it today is, when Lorelai, she's saying how, like, she doesn't want Rory to know that she asked them for money. Like, it's kind of an interesting thing that she makes such a point of not wanting Rory to know that she went to them. And I understand, you know, that Lorelai is a very independent person and she wants Rory to see her as this, like, independent Wonder Woman who's able to handle everything. But I also feel like they have a relationship that's so transparent and open that I don't see Lorelai wanting to hide things from her. So it's, it is an interesting choice and I never really thought about it before, but it, it kind of struck me today. I see that. Like, even when I watched it today, I'm like, but why didn't you tell Rory? Like, why are you hiding the, the fact that you guys are doing this? It's because of, needing the money, like, it kind of seems like it was going to blindside Rory, which mm-hmm. you do need, like, later on, but it's that dynamic of you guys, yes, are mother-daughter, but you act like sisters so much of the time you could have told Rory, like, right off the bat, being like, yeah, I'm having to go ask my parents. And you know um, that Rory would find out eventually. Like, Rory's not stupid. Yeah. She knows that they're not, like, super rich. And she would easily realize, if she doesn't already know, that that's an expensive school. So, of course, she would want to know, like, how are we paying for this? And would probably place together of, like, oh, our grandparents, who are very well off, we're seeing them every single week now when it used to be just a couple times a year. Yeah, But after that, so we don't get to, you know, it's just that brief interaction of Lorelai asking for money. And then we kind of bounce back to Rory meeting Dean. So first, you know, she's talking to Lane about how excited she is for Chilton. And then she runs into Dean and shows him around town. So we see Dean earlier in the episode. They just kind of show him. But then we actually meet him, find out his name and a little bit about him. And I, I don't know, like... 
I love the awkward, nervous Rory. And I love like the idea of like her finding her first, her first crush and kind of seeing that is great. And I think that Dean is a very good catalyst for that, for her to be able to have that. But I don't know what I think about Dean in like, just looking at this very first episode, you know, it's like, oh, he's cute, but he's like stalking Mm -hmm. her. And then he gives off this creepy vibe. He's very determined where it's like, okay, are you being pushy or like a endearing determined and then he also mm-hmm. has these moments where he's just super sweet. And I guess part of that's just being a teenager where it's like, you know, if you are this this guy and you just see this girl and you kind of think like, oh, she's really cute. And you are watching her like, I guess that can be in line with things. But it also just comes off a little bit weird to me. Yes. Um, I will definitely say when you first like meet him earlier in the episode, just by like the glance that he he's Rory and then later on when he is talking with Rory where he is being chivalrous and grabbing the box of her stuff when they do go for that walk but when he starts saying I've noticed you every day you like to read that you were like you were reading Moby Dick and now you're reading uh, Rosemary's Baby and having those extra like details of are you keeping notes now? Like, are you <laughs> stalking her to an extent? And like, where he says that she was reading so, like, enticely. It's like so focused. Of someone got hit in the face with a ball, and they started bleeding. Like everyone made a huge, like, spectacular, like, event, and you didn't look up. Because you were so focused in the book and your mind was so, like, you were literally in that book. And he then says, he needs to meet that person. Mm-hmm. And, like, he liked her because of that. Because she wasn't so wrapped around in what other people were doing. And she was just doing her own thing. He was mesmerized by it. And wanting to, like, know her and, like, kind of see what makes her tick with that. And kind of, like, that infatuation. Um, But I definitely think, like, him, when he was telling her this, was just, like, putting a foot in his mouth at first. Being like, oh, yeah, I watch you every day. You go here. You're reading this and this and this. And then kind of full circle I liked that though. Like I thought it was cute. I thought it was adorable. Like it was very inquisitive of, I want to know who this person is. Well, I think it's interesting that she comes back of like, Oh, I could just be super self-involved, you know? And he's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you could be, but I don't think so. And it's really interesting because throughout the entire series, that is kind of a, a theme and a question throughout is like, are Rory and Lorelai just super selfish and self-involved and you know you could argue it either way and we'll probably touch on it from time to time as we're going through but it's interesting that that kind of gets she says that right away in the beginning of you know I might just be very self-involved and not really care about anybody else and it's like oh yeah that's true that might be true like that tracks and Mm -hmm. It also is kind of her pushing back a little bit, which is interesting because I think she's not really sure what to say or how to act because she's never 
had a crush on a boy. At least that's the narrative that we get is that she's never really had that before. And this boy, it's like, she's got this immediate crush on him when she sees him and just doesn't know what to say or how to act. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. And I love seeing, you know, her all cute and awkward when she's showing him around town and everything with the round cakes is just entertaining and sweet. And her reaction to him makes me feel like, okay, they're cute. If she would have been like, uh, like if she would have been creeped out at all, then it would have felt like, okay, he is being creepy. You know, you kind of go off of like Mm -hmm. her feelings about it to know if he is being cute or creepy. Which is true. Like she definitely like at first did think like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then when he Mm -hmm. was kind of like being sweet about it, she was like, oh yeah, he is cute. Like he is an adorable way of like showing how he feels with this. And then, like a typical teenager, she just goes all in of like, okay, oh, he's kind of cute, gets a little bit of a crush and shows him around town. You know, just something, this very minor interaction. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, she is questioning her entire future. Where it's like, okay, this guy talked to me and I showed him around town. Turns into, I don't know if I can go to this school that's only 30 minutes away. And like, I'm going to care about this so much i'm gonna get into a huge fight with my mom about it because like they go to luke's yeah. for dinner and like Roy just starts questioning going to chilton and like i can completely understand lorelei because before they you know miss patty spills the beans about dean she has no idea what's going on of like why on earth are you changing your mind about this? Like, this is something that you've been so sure about. And like, is the clear path that you're wanting to be on is like, if you want to go to Harvard, this is the best way to do it. And, you know, if that's what you're caring so much about, like, I know we don't see any of the Harvard paraphernalia or even books in Rory's room when they show it, Mm -hmm. but they still say that that is the game plan and what everything has been working towards. So it's just interesting that like, this little interaction just flips Rory completely on her head, which is in line with a teenager, I feel like, but I don't know. It's just interesting. It is very interesting, especially like because she was so excited to go to Chilton and which to me kind of thing with Rory, it's like she kind of thinks she's better than everybody else. Like, especially when she is in class and the other girls are putting on nail polish and they're like, oh, what is she doing? Like a love letter or a burn book or like a diary. And then they're like, oh, it's the assignment. She then like smiles. She's like, yes, I'm smarter than you. Like kind of very Emily-esque a point i think so and at first you might not know why she's smiling but then later when she's talking to lane she mentions this conversation where it's like she was clearly listening to them and noticing mm-hmm. what was going on and that's what she was smiling about was like a, yep i'm doing i'm doing my homework i'm the good girl i'm better than you that kind of feel for sure mm-hmm. and one of the my favorite things about the uh, lorelei and rory fight is that, you know, right away in the beginning, you get to see, like, oh, these are mother-daughter, you know, because that is the whole question of the whole show is, like, oh, it's mother-daughter, but they're more like friends. But you get to see that mother-daughter aspect right away in the beginning. And then you also see that, like, they are so much alike that 
they go their separate ways and both turn on the same song where even though they're at odds, they're still so much alike. Yeah. And like the thing that I was even wondering about um, with it is, did they just like turn on the radio station? It was the same radio station. Probably. And then, um, but like even thinking about it, when you see Lorelai play the song, it plays it from the beginning and not from like where Rory would be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like they were meaning it to be like it was the radio station or it's like they do have the same, like obviously they would have the same taste in music for being so close um, and like the influences they would have on each other musically. But it's like, one, why were you already listening to the CD before if this is, like, your go-to, like, I feel sad? Well, in Lorelai, it might have been because she was feeling stressed about needing to ask her parents for money. Like, if that's her go-to song when she's upset, it would make sense that she had that, like, there and ready to go. And Rory, like, if I don't know if she went home before their dinner at Luke's, you know, like, if she was starting to feel like, oh, my gosh, like... I'm questioning everything. You know, maybe she was upset. So, like, I could kind of see that of, like, they were both going through things a little bit before the fight. But we don't really know if they were at home and listening to music because of those things. Or it could have just been they put the same radio station on. But it's still it's still kind of that sweet connection. But then we jump, you know, to Friday night dinner. We get the first Friday night dinner, which is one of my favorite parts of the show. And you always get great things. like. Friday night dinner never disappoints. Like no matter what it is, whether exactly. it's whether it's happy, angry, whatever the feeling or the mood is, it's always great. And, and like, especially to see that dynamic. Of yes, they were like they were still mad at each other. Like you would see Lorelai and Rory were like sniping at each other, and kind of Lorelai being like, "Okay, we need to be civil, and then you can go all like basically prima donna on this." Like, <laughs> yeah. I love when they have their little like pep talks or their little things before they go inside, which like we see it's a running thing. Sometimes it's a one of them doesn't want to go inside to see, you know, Emily or Richard. Sometimes it's that they're fighting like in this one where they need to, you know, like I like when they have that little like precursor to the dinner of like, okay, we need to get along or okay, we're going to even later we see it with Lorelai and another character of, like, making a game plan before you go in. You know, like, I like when they have that little thing of, we need to prepare before we go inside. I like that. And I feel like that's very true to Lorelai and her feelings about her parents. Like, you need to prepare yourself and brace yourself to go in. Yeah, and, like, especially when um, they're excited to go in because, like, drama is ensuing and they know, like, they're going to get, like, amazing gossip and tea and like something that they would be able to like laugh about later on and feel good about themselves. Um, where like Rory would be like, okay, do not laugh. Like mm-hmm. be polite, like don't make it worse type of thing. And then Laura's yep. like, I don't care. Like I, I want to go in. I want to see what happens. I want popcorn. Yep. I, yeah, I love all of those and I'm excited about seeing some of the, the best ones, but um then when we do go inside, so obviously, you know, like, the dinner, there's a little bit of tension and just the awkwardness of, like, okay, these people normally aren't all together unless it is a holiday in which 
most likely there's other people there. You know, we hear about some of the different Christmas and Thanksgiving things that the Gilmores do where it's normally not ever just the four of them. So, you know, they're all a little bit awkward. And then obviously, you know, Richard brings up Christopher and Lorelai gets mad. And then we get to see Emily and Lorelai go through things, which I like that Lorelai's go-to thing is like, okay, I'm going to wash dishes because I'm mad. Because Mm -hmm. for me, if I'm upset, cleaning is a good outlet to do. So like, I liked that. So I was like, oh, that's relatable. You know, like you're mad. You're going to, you need to do something. It's just like scrub a dish or something like that. Yeah. And like, I definitely like that as well. That even when she does go pick up the first like dish to do and the maid is there kind of being like, um, what are you doing? Like, this isn't normal. And then Lorelai's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Kind of thing. And yeah. nonchalantly, just, I'm going to be doing this for a bit. And then the maid leaving and then smiling, being like, I'm glad that someone else is doing this. Like, that she is saying, I can yep. do this. This used to be my job. No one else, like, really needs to do this type of thing. And then when Emily comes in, she's kind of like, well, why are you doing that kind of thing? Because, I mean, to to Emily, that's even, I think, just the act of washing a dish is degrading, where it's like, oh, you're, Mm -hmm. that's beneath you kind of thing. Um, And in the kitchen, like, when we're in the Gilmore's kitchen, like, obviously, there's great things that we could see with Emily and Lorelai, but I was struck of, like, the look of the kitchen. It's so different than the rest of the series, and it just looks so out of place. Like, it looks like a small restaurant kitchen where it's got those metal shelvings and the deep steel sinks and just seems, like, kind of short, which maybe they typically have shorter maids, but, like, it just, it looks out of place and it does not look like it would belong in that beautiful mansion that they have and that was something that kind of threw me and I never really noticed before yeah and like even when I was watching it today when they're in the living room even there's a wall behind Lorelai and Emily where they're on there isn't and it's like it just seems weird And the way they sit is weird because Rory and Richard sit next to each other. And then Lorelai and Emily sit together on the same piece of furniture. And later, like when that happens seasons down the road, Lorelai gets so thrown off and she's like, what are you doing? Like, we don't normally sit this way. Like normally you sit over there and it Mm -hmm. is so, but I think so much of that is because they do so feel so awkward right now. Like this is brand new to them. So it's just all kind of has that awkward tension. Um, and my, my favorite part about Friday night dinner in this episode is honestly, it's just that Richard falls asleep at the table. Like yes. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. And it's something that sticks to his character. Like I was recently watching an episode in season three and he falls asleep at an important speech that um, is going on at Rory's school. And like, I had the thought of, Oh, like, that's something that's a reoccurring thing with him and it's kind of cute. I don't know. Um, but I did realize I don't think I can watch later season episodes because then I get a little bit just thrown off if I'm doing too much at once of watching the different the different areas in the series. But mm-hmm. after the dinner, well, did you have anything else that you really noticed with the dinner? Um, 
with Lorelai, like, telling Emily about, like, the arrangement and all the stuff and, like, Rory hearing it, I really liked that that was how she found out was, oh, this is actually important. You actually did something you weren't wanting to do. Yep. Just for me. And kind of put that into perspective for her of, I'm not going to let a boy ruin this. And like kind of, yep. I don't want to say ruin your future, but like ruin your education. Because she is going to get a top-notch education at Chilton. It flips the switch would. for Yeah. And like kind of pushes her back into reality of, yep. no, this is what I was wanting. And I'm not going to like let it be derailed because of someone else. Right. And then we get to see that when then they go back after the dinner, they go back to Luke's, you know, just finish eating dinner. Then they have to go to Luke's and, um, you know, get some, some chili fries and whatnot. But with that, we get to see some of the subtle flirting between Luke and Lorelai. And then Lorelai asks about Dean and you get to see that like, okay, they're okay now. Like Lorelai and Rory are then okay after Rory realizes like, okay, this is a big deal. Getting into the school is a big deal. You know, like my mom went out of her comfort zone to make it possible. Um, And when I was watching it today, I actually made a note of like, Lorelai to Luke. She's like, you look nice. Really nice. Like, yeah, like you see, like (laughs) even in this episode that they like each other to an extent. Yeah, so like their dynamic of mother daughter, but like it's more though. Like they are sisters, especially with like how they do fight of, yeah, they're going to be mad at each other now, but they're going to like come back together. And Definitely. having that dynamic with where she asks about Dean, like, so about the boy. And then Rory would be like, nope, not, <laughs> not a thing. And then she just like kept suppressing it. It's like, that is definitely a sisterly bond. Yep. You have something to say. I want to hear it. Like you have, information you have gossip you have tea like give me it type of yes. aspect it's a like fun like let's talk about boys kind of kind of feel of like yeah. sisters or friends you know and and I love that and then you also have like I just love the end you know of when Luke tells Rory like you know don't I can't you're like don't do it you're you're gonna turn into your mother and she's like yes and then she's like I am my mother and like even earlier um, which I really liked that they brought that back of Lorelai even says, don't throw away your future because of some boy. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me. You're going like, that's what I did. Don't be me. And right. Lori's like, I'm nothing like you kind of aspect of like, I'm not you. Like, yep. why would I want to be you? And then later on, when Luke says, like, you don't want to, like, be her, and then she's like, too late, I'm already her. It's just like, oh, like, it just made me happy. Yeah. Like, she was so mean. And just, like, saying I'm nothing like you to a parent, like, is hurtful. And, like, I've definitely done that to my parents. <laughs> but, like, thinking about it now, it's like, I am like them. I'm right. actually happy to be like them most of the time. And to hear... Rory be like, 
I'm already there. I'm already my mother. I'd be happy about it. It's just like adorable. Yep. And I love that, like, they draw on that idea of, you know, that Lorelai did make that choice to kind of throw her life away for a boy, but she shows that like you get to see that. So yes, she made that choice, but then she grew from it and she was still able to achieve amazing dreams and work towards Mm -hmm. things. It was just kind of more of a detour in a sense and just changed the, the path that she took to get there. And it's not a path that she would recommend, but I like that she shows that. Yeah. I made bad choices I didn't care enough about school when I should have. Cause like Lorelai is brilliant. She could have went to an Ivy mm-hmm. league school, but oh, that wasn't, bad. that wasn't her focus. But she shows that like, even though I did do things, you know, not the way I would recommend, I still turned out well. And I like that too. When she's talking to Emily of like, I do have a good life, you know, like she is happy with where she is, that kind of thing. And I like that where it's like, okay, I don't want you to take this tough path that I took I want you to take the the straight and narrow way to get there. But also you mm-hmm. could see by her example of like, it's not too late to get to your dreams, even if you do take those not so correct choices, you know? Yeah, the detours from life, which like could be just as fun or even more fun than doing that, going to college, getting that education instead of getting like a worldly experience. Yep. And then before we get into quotes, food, and ratings, um, did you have any, like, random questions or thoughts from the episodes or any kind of loose ends that you wanted to mention from this pilot? Um, just, like, kind of my favorite things that they took out of, the of like, the rest of the series that was from the pilot, mm-hmm. which this time watching, because you and I had this conversation before, of... The stuff that we didn't see and then kind of keeping your eye on. Um, the first thing that I noticed was the antique sign. Yes. Did you see that? The glass chimney. Yes. Arts and antiques. And I'm just like, oh, that's where she sighed. And like, why have I never seen that before? And I like it. And it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, too, because, like, I think it makes sense that they didn't keep it just because we don't really see much for, like, glass Mm -hmm. antiques there. Like, it's mostly furniture. And that's kind of the main focus when we see things throughout the series is that it's all this furniture. So, like, it kind of makes sense where it's, like, oh, the glass chimney would be kind of a strange name for it. But it is interesting that, like, that's what it was originally called, even though they don't say that. But yeah, I do wonder if that's still technically its name throughout, just like the art part. Like we don't see art. It's just Kim's antiques. And yeah, I also don't really see Mrs. Kim as being one to sell artwork. Like obviously it goes with, you know, home furnishings and stuff, but it doesn't seem like her. No, like I think her aesthetic is definitely chairs. And yes. tables and like and tables like kind of aspect and like she focuses on that. So I definitely think that she wouldn't really be as much into the art. Right. Like she obviously can appreciate it because she has that eye, but that's not her focus. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like she would probably be a really good artist, though. Not that she would necessarily, like, do it or see it as a, like, smart career choice, but I feel like she would probably actually be an amazing artist. Like, we never see her do artwork at all, but she just seems like someone that, like, she's very like meticulous about things and like has really good attention to detail and even though she doesn't really show it like she is like very witty so I feel like she'd be creative you know it's I don't know I wonder if we don't ever see it but she actually sells her own artwork or something I don't know maybe it's like it could be with how disciplined she is she could think like being an artist is very rebellious Maybe it was a part of her, like, teenage years rebelling against her parents, but then when she became an adult and a parent and became very straight-laced, that it's something she kind of, like, hid away and doesn't talk about or doesn't mm-hmm. acknowledge. I don't know. Interesting thoughts. Um, okay, so that was my main one, too, was kind of the biggest other thing to mention. And then just the fact that the title, Gilmore Girls, that the second G is lowercase in the title is always something that I find yeah. interesting um but it doesn't really have any real theories or answers to it i don't think but just a interesting note okay favorite quotes i know i had mentioned the people are particularly stupid today i can't talk to any more of them from michelle i no. do also have a few others that i want to mention um so miss patty i love miss patty and we don't really talk about her at all like she is one of my favorite characters especially like i love the townies and miss patty's one of the first townies that we get to meet, um, you know, at the dance studio. But I like when she says, hands in the air, not in the nose. Um, yes, uh, that was She's just always entertaining. <laughs> and then I also have two Lorelai. Yep. I was just saying, I also have two Lorelai quotes. I know, I'm sorry. I'm, my favorite quote, I have four quotes, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> so from Lorelai, there's one of, if you're not going to, or if you're going to throw your life away, he better have a motorcycle. Yep. And... Then also, you don't get knocked up at 16 being indifferent about guys. And I know they're kind of in that same realm, both of those, of kind of when they're arguing. But, like, mm-hmm. I love Lorelai's wittiness when arguing. Like, I feel like she has some of her best, like, zingers and one-liners and things like that. Like, when she is kind of worked up about things. But those were my my favorites from this episode. I would say my would be anything Michelle says. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially regarding, like, somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say his, like, particular one is, I despise you. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that, too. Um, <laughs> just, like, just raw, just, like, I despise you. Like, you're my boss. I have to do this. But I am making it apparent that you know that I'm not happy with you. Yep. Um, and then Miss Patty, when um, the little girls are like at the break, and then she comes back and she's like, Leotard's on. This isn't Brazil. Yes, yes. I love that one too. Uh, do you have a favorite <laughs> character from this episode? Or like a character that you feel Ooh. like kind of won the episode, you know, like was the the show? I would say Suki. Like, every time I watch this episode, I always just, like, anticipate seeing her and just, like, 
the way that she moves because it is like a graceful movement when she's in the kitchen because she knows what she's doing, but just objects are in the way <laughs> that she doesn't care about. Um, but she's just so funny and so compassionate and adorable, especially when she is having the wine, mm-hmm. when Rory comes out in the skirt and she's like, oh, you're just so cute and like pokes her. And it's like, <laughs> if this is Hitsy Suki, I very much want to see more of this. Yes, I'm actually going with Suki as well. Um, it's something I've changed my mind about a whole bunch for this episode, but I think Suki, like, she's involved with so much of it without being in your face. And, like, I like that we get to see her show being, like, a professional woman. Like, like she is the head chef in that kitchen. Granted, you know, mm-hmm. she is all over the place with it, which is just entertaining and fun to watch a character like that. But also, like, she is in a really good professional spot. And especially because, like, I always kind of assume that she's around the same age as Lorelai. So it's, like, this, you know, early 30s woman, like, really in a good spot. You know, it seems like the inn is doing well. So, like, the head chef at a seemingly successful inn and having, like, really good relationships with the staff that work with her, like, I think that says a lot about her. And then the fact that she is such a good friend to Lorelai. Like we see that here of like her kind of pushing her to make those tough decisions about like going to talk to her parents Mm -hmm. and pushing her to do that. Like, I feel like she's that great comedic relief, but also just has so much heart and shows so much like love and care to both Lorelai and Rory. And of course her little dance about Rory going to Chilton is very possibly my favorite part of this whole episode. Um, It's so small, but I just, I love it. So I'm going with Suki as well. And then for overall rating of this episode, I, so like going with a scale of one to 10, I am going to rate this episode a 7.5 out of 10 coffee cups. I think that it's a very strong pilot where like, I think that if I compare it to other pilots, especially in series around the same time, it is one of the best ones of like really encompassing who the characters are and laying out the storylines right away. Like we get groundwork for Friday night dinners, Lorelai and Suki's in Luke and Lorelai, the relationships between Rory, Lorelai and Emily. And like we get kind of settled into all these things and we start to fall in love with stars hollow, at least a little bit right in the beginning. Um, I wouldn't rank it above a 7.5 just because if I just compare it to other episodes of Gilmore Girls, I feel like it's a solid episode, but not one of the best. Like, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, there's so many characters that we don't get to meet yet, which, I mean, it's the pilot. They can't introduce us to every character right away. Yep. But there's some of them that, like, I just, with them not in it, I can't, I feel like I'm missing something a little bit. And we start getting the connection to the characters, but I don't feel fully invested in them just from the pilot. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, as a pilot itself, I would rate it a seven coffee cups. Um, Just because, like, it was overall a good pilot compared to other pilots. But you weren't... I don't know how to say this. (laughs) Um, It's... 
it's hard when not trying to compare it to the rest of the series because mm-hmm. it is such a good episode for itself. Well, I think you can compare it to the rest of the series just without giving any spoilers about the rest of the series. Yeah. And being fair to each like, episode, I, like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because like I like how it started and like everything within the episode itself, but they could have done so much more with it. Mm-hmm. So, like it was still a satisfying episode, but like the first time I watched it, it didn't draw me in. Yeah. Until later on. But then rewatching it, it was still a good episode. Like it rang true to what it was. And even taking away some of like the stuff like later on in the series, you don't really miss it. Because it wasn't like that big in the first episode where like Lane and Kim's relationship is definitely like, yes, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And even like Rory's relationship with the town isn't what it is yet though. Right. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's it's far from perfect, but it lays a lot of great things down. And we get a good intro. Yeah. I think it does give it, you a good intro. And I think after you've seen the series, then you can appreciate the pilot more. It's interesting because, like, neither one of us watched it when it first aired. When it was, like, all you have is just this first episode to decide if you're going to watch that next week when the new episode mm-hmm. comes out. And it's interesting to think of what it would be like to be back in 2000 and doing that granted you know i would have been eight going on nine so i don't know that i would have gotten wrapped up into it too much but i had a really good relationship with my mom so if she was watching it i probably would have wanted to mm-hmm. yeah right. i would have been six going on seven so it wouldn't have been like my initial thing to watch but like my sister is older than me, and that is definitely something that she might have watched mm-hmm. like that time. So I would have watched it with her. Wonderful. So that wraps up the pilot episode. Um, we are the website or the website, the podcast is on social media now. So we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All are at Copper Boom PCAST. And you can also email us at copperboompcast at gmail.com. So definitely send in any questions, any thoughts. We want this podcast to be interactive where, yes, it is just us sitting here talking about each episode, but we do want to have a little bit of time during each episode of the podcast to go through any listener, you know, like questions, feedback, your guys' thoughts, and we'll do different, different polls and questions especially some different episode-specific things that we'll want to touch on as well when we're talking. So definitely, you know, follow us on social media, engage with our different posts, and send in any questions or thoughts that we can can talk about on the podcast. And then, Thomas, if anybody wants to follow you specifically, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at Loves. Burgett is B-U-R-G-E-T-T. Correct? Yes. All right, perfect. And then I am also on Instagram at the Jane Tate Life. 
And right now I'm not not really going on social media outside of the podcast and work. Um, but I'm sure I will get back to it. And then until next time, that is all we have. So keep an eye out for season one, episode two, which we will be releasing next week. Bye. Bye. Copper boom. <laughs>